And this is the Frankly Daniel Show. Thank you for joining me today and welcome. I've got a packed show. So with your indulgence, I'm going to get right to it. So let me start off by asking you, what do you think about Joe Biden's not-so-subtle announcement that he's running for a second term? You missed the announcement? Well, after cheating their way to the presidency in 2020... You didn't expect them not to cheat this time, did you? They, they can't use COVID-19 again, although I wouldn't put it past them trying to do just that. Lord, preserve us if we all have to go to mandated masks again. There will be an uprising in this country, I promise you. And you got to remember, you know, Joe, this time around, he can hardly walk and talk, and he can't really do both at the same time. So they need a new plan. Now, the, the basement's not going to work this time around. I don't think it's going to work this time around anyway. They need a plan that won't cost Joe any energy because he's got no energy. Have you noticed this guy shuffling around? I mean, talk about looking like an old man. I, I've, I've told my friends and my close family that if I ever look like I'm shuffling around like that down the Costco aisles, then it's time to put me in one of those, uh, those you know, machines that move you around or whatever they, they call those little battery-operated things. But Joe needs a plan where his surrogates, that they can handle all the heavy lifting. Now, Lord knows Joe needs his cognitive sleep. So what, what kind of plan, what, what do you think they came up with as a perfect approach to campaigning for Joe? No, I had not planned on talking about Trump or the legal witch hunt the Soros-sponsored district attorney is on to get Trump. But it's unavoidable and it's damn serious. And yes, Joe Biden is going to allow the Democrat prosecutors in Manhattan, in Atlanta, and in Washington, D.C. at the Injustice Department to do all Joe's campaigning for him. Now, they're going to follow Trump around and harass him and put him in prison if they can. I think it's a brilliant strategy. And yes, you best believe Joe Biden and silly Jill, they're still very afraid of Donald Trump. They're afraid he will win the presidency in 2024 and unglue and unravel everything Joey has screwed up since Trump left the White House. And all those Marxist progressives in the White House, they're in perpetual, you know, scare and contact with Alvin Bragg. Oh, you better believe they're talking to Bragg. It's all this, oh, you know, White House is not, their hands above this kind of thing. They're at arm's length. They're not really messing with anybody. You better believe that they've got, it. the phone is on constantly. It's just like an open, it's, it's open session between the two. And, and the same thing with the Democrat prosecutor in Atlanta. Uh, who's also in grand jury hearings. I don't know if you um, got a chance to see the chairperson of the grand jury in Atlanta on MSNBC about two weeks ago. This woman is really a fruitcake. And talk about a narcissist. I mean, it was the most bizarre thing anybody has seen. 
and MSNBC is not playing any more clips of those. I don't even think I, I tried to find some, uh, you know, on their channel uh, on the web. Forget about it. I think they just scrubbed that clean. It, it was so terribly weird. So it makes one really wonder what's going to be going on at the next uh, station in these four stations altogether that Trump has to go through to become president. He's got to get through this one with Alvin Bragg, and then he's got this uh, election tampering uh, in Atlanta where he asked uh, the governor there and the secretary of state to find him some votes. Uh, Totally benign. He didn't tell him to go out and create votes. We know that only happens on the Democrat side and uh, with the help of Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook. But in this situation... If he gets through that, then he's got two things with the Department of Injustice having to do with uh, January 6th, where they're tr- still trying to say he's the one who instigated all that all that uh, hullabaloo that went on. Don't 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 let the fact that there were 554 riots through the summer of 2020 over the George Floyd thing get in the way of. Um, any understanding of this but there's one other thing then that's the classified documents and there's a very interesting uh, article that was published the other day in Breitbart that has noted that there's a little over 1100 pages of documents that were stored at the Penn Biden Center and the implication is that there are a lot of classified material in those uh, 1,100 pages, not just the 10 or 20 random uh, uh, documents that they found. That once, you know, once they found these few documents, that's when they stopped, and now that's all gone over to justice. And it remains to be seen if they're going to be honest about this to let us know how many classified documents Joe had been trekking around. But back to Manhattan for a, a moment. It wasn't but just months ago, my wife and I were walking in downtown New York City, of course, carrying our pepper spray because it's impossible to get a concealed weapon permit in New York City. So we had pepper spray. Look, I feel a little bit like uh, a nanny, you know, carrying pepper spray around, but it, uh, I'm uh, 73 years old now, and I'm not really up to any kung fu fighting not that I ever was before, but definitely not now. And you know, crime is off the charts in the Manhattan area, but this district prosecutor, he's got, he's got no time to prosecute criminals, especially not felons. Felons just muck up the whole thing, so he gets everything reduced to a misdemeanor, and then they, they just let it go away. But he's got a lot of leisure time to nail Donald Trump for something most of us can't understand other than it's several hundred feet below ridiculous now this Alvin Bragg is the same character who jailed the bodega you know owner who had to kill someone in self-defense who'd entered his store and was slapping him around and everything else sent that guy to Rikers took all kinds of public outcry about that to get him released and to get the charges dismissed even though he had the whole thing on video well, here's a quick overview by one of my least favorite senators, Lindsey Graham, about this whole business with Bragg. Yeah, uh, well, so I don't know if voodoo 
I don't know if voodoo's legal in New York, but this is legal voodoo. You got a misdemeanor that's been made a felony. Nobody in the history of New York City has ever been prosecuted under this theory except for Donald J. Trump. This case will fall like a cheap suit under legal scrutiny. The chief witness, Michael Cohen, is a convicted felon whose own lawyer calls a unreliable dirtbag. So what's behind all this? Hatred. They tried to destroy Kavanaugh because they wanted to keep the Supreme Court seat open. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. To the conservatives out there, make sure you vote. If you got friends, make sure they vote. If you don't have any friends, go make some friends. But you need to help this man, Donald J. Trump. They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money to fight this bullshit. This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. We're not going to give in. How does this end? Trump wins in court, and he wins the election. That's how this ends. Now, there is one thing you could clearly hear in this last clip, and that's Republicans are fired up about this travesty. Now, that Trump has been through, and as I've said this in many programs, he's been through stuff that no one has, this gauntlet, the constant gauntlets that are presented, that we cannot appreciate that even though Trump's got his own personality style and it turns some people off, who's ever been put through this kind of a ringer? And, and how shameful is it? We went through this whole Russia, Russia crap with Mueller and Weissman. And, and the, Mueller's whole team was nothing but 22 Democrat attorneys in the Justice Department trying to prosecute Trump for colluding with Russia about the last election. Totally false. The FBI offered, you know, Christopher Steele... Slime bag, you know, used to be an MI5. I don't, I understand why they got rid of him now. They offered this guy a million dollars if he could prove just one of of the salacious events in this steel dossier that he had with just ridiculous things. They offered him a million bucks, cold cash, probably even would waive taxes. Guy couldn't come up with them, although they paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars before it for the, for the whole thing to begin with. And guess who paid for the initial production of the Steele dossier? Of course it was Locker Up Hillary. Who else would it be? Then we go through two impeachments. You know, if you apply the impeachments to impeachment standards that they put Trump under and you, and you applied those to Biden, it, he'd be already at about somewhere around 54 impeachments. Because this guy, it, it, he has totally given our Constitution away. We have no secure border. We got balloons floating over our skies, stopping by all our installations to take pictures. It, it, you know, we're, the Russians are, you know, playing with our drones, uh, you know, over the blacks. It's just one darn thing after the uh, Afghanistan. Talk to me about Trump makes a phone call to Ukraine to find out what the Bidens have been doing in Ukraine, because we know that whole thing is fishy and it's all coming out now. But Afghanistan alone, 
with the billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars and billions of dollars that got left behind in hardware that the Afghans are selling to other people, even they're selling them back to Russia so they can use them against all those people who are paying in Ukraine to fight. The, it, it's really complicated, I know. Really complicated. And now we've got this whole new gauntlet to go through again to where he's, got, he's facing four situations, starting with Alvin Bragg, to get through to make it to the other side. But I've got a few surprises I'm going to share with you coming up here. But, you know, one thing that Trump did get out of this indictment, because it was presaged by him talking about it about 10 days ago, he got a huge bump in the polls. In fact, he just really accelerated over Ron DeSantis, one of my favorite guys. I mean, I live in Florida. I love DeSantis. He has done so much for this state. He could do so much for this country. But, you know, Trump's in line, and I'm sticking with that for now. But, you know, he's up 54% to 24% over Ron. And, of course, it's early, it's early, it's early. But he jumped about 20 points in the poll after that came out. Can you imagine what the next poll is going to be like? Well, here's an interesting gem in the following clip uh, of Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson, who happens to be a lawyer as well, and he's talking with Bill Hammer on Fox News. Here it is. The, the person denigrating integrity, the integrity of our entire judicial system is Alvin Bragg, this Soros-funded political activist who is uh, occupying the Manhattan DA's office. He's turned his face away from the prosecution of violent crime, making his city one of the most dangerous in all the world and all of history. And he's spending all of his time and resources going after the former president. Why? The timing's important because the president has announced he's running again. Listen, they have, we, we use the term weaponization because there is no other way to describe what is happening here. They have weaponized our system of justice. And you and I know how dangerous that is. People have to rely upon our system of justice being fair, justice being blind. And it's not right now. That's not what they see. And perception is reality. And that's why all of this really is so alarming. Um, last point here. A, a president, I'm reading this, presidential candidate could be indicted, could be prosecuted, could be convicted by either state or federal authorities and still run for office. Uh, Article 2 of the Constitution, president's got to be 35 years old, a resident of the U.S. for 14 years, and a natural-born citizen. <clears throat> so nothing would change if you get a conviction. Nothing would change. He, it, that's exactly right. And I, I think they have all but ensured that he will get the nomination on the Republican side and very likely win re-election because, you know, people are deeply disturbed by this. Even people who don't personally have an affinity for Donald Trump. They realize how far this has gone and how dangerous it is to our country. And I think they're going to let their voices be heard at the ballot box and in the months uh, and days ahead. Very interesting. So even if Trump is indicted, he's tried in front of a jury and a judge and convicted, which I don't think he's going to be on these first couple of uh, run throughs. He can still run for the presidency and serve as the president. Uh, that's assuming he can postpone any jail time or, or have it waived or once he's president, he can give himself a pardon. I mean, I don't know. But I didn't really understand that before. There's been this assumption that if you're convicted, you can't run. But, you know, this whole Stormy Daniel thing is something we knew two weeks before the 2016 election. So this isn't new information. This, this particular moral ter turpitude, as they call it, 
uh, was well known uh, before uh, the election in 2016. Anyway, this I did not know. I did not know that you could still run for the presidency if you met these other constitutional requirements, and uh, you could serve as a president. Uh, how about the morality, like I said, of the underlying act? Well, uh, we've just gone over that. And, you know, I, we don't know that this actually happened. The assumption is, of course, Trump did it. Trump just slept with everybody. That's the assumption. You know, some guys talk a lot. I'm not so sure he he did all that sleeping around. I, he did a fair amount of it, probably, but I, I don't know if it, 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 it always followed through with some of these characters, particularly Stormy Daniels. But, but she was a nuisance, no doubt about it. She could have caused a lot of problems. Uh, hush money seemed totally appropriate. Actually, it was extortion, in, in my opinion. But would you trade that, trade that off with Biden and selling out your country? I mean, Biden has actually sold us out to the Chinese, to the Russians, to the Ukrainians, and several other places we're still finding out about you know, to take millions of dollars from the Chinese and then lie your butt off about it is really repugnant. Even the other day, last week, you know, Biden's getting on the helicopter because, you know, he, he splits about noon every, every Friday to go to Delaware. What that, the cost of that is amazing. To take that helicopter, fly to Delaware, fly back, fly there, fly back, over and over and over. And I get there up to 65 times now, 60, 65, 67 weekends that, that Joe, you know, shows up for work around 10 o'clock on Monday and he leaves about noon on Friday. Uh, one of the really hardworking presidents. And, of course, he is so engaged when he's on the job, too. Uh, most of his time he's spending looking for the note cards people have left in different places for him to pick up. But in any event... You know, some some reporter asks Joe as he's going to board the helicopter, uh, do you have anything to say about this recent release from Jamie Comer, the uh, chairperson of the Oversight Committee of the House, about uh, these wire transfers uh, to Hunter, to a unnamed Biden, we're assuming that is the big guy, uh, you know, to his daughter-in-law, um, and to, uh, I guess it was just Frank Biden, too. And it, he said, no, none of that's true. That, that isn't true. I mean, how, how long is the press going to put up with this where they don't press him on the fact that it's demonstrably true? <laughs> they, they have the evidence. Anyway, here's a clip of Mark Levin on the Hannity Show right after the announcement of this indictment. Now, Mark was in a very peculiar situation when the, this announcement came out, he was away from his radio show, which airs every night from 6 to 9 p.m. And I listened to the podcast because he's really pared that down. There's almost no commercials in it. You get through it in about two hours and 10 minutes thereabouts instead of the full three. Um, he was away to interview Donald Trump for his Sunday show on Fox News called Life, Liberty, and Levin. Uh, and that's, by the way, at 8 p.m. Central Time on Sundays. Oh, it's a great show. Well, well worth the time. DVR, you can go right through the commercials in that, too. Uh, just before this, Mark called also into his radio show, which was being handled by a friend. So he had a call in to Hannity, calls into his own radio show 
uh, to launch into take no breaths denunciation of Bragg and Biden. Mark was really fired up. Now, Mark is usually really fired up, but uh, he was pretty fired up here. Here's the Hannity clip. Every Republican in the country, every conservative in the country, I don't care what kind of conservative you are, we must circle the wagons and defeat the Democrat Party, their DAs in Manhattan, Atlanta, their special counsel in Washington, these cases that they're bringing in Democrat cities with Democrat grand juries, with Democrat judges, with Democrat uh, juries. This is a battle where the Democrat Party has now dragged the country into tyranny. That is what they've done. They want to change the election rules so they can't lose. The borders are wide open. They don't enforce the law. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They want to pack the Senate. They've gone after Trump on the emoluments clause. They've gone after him on everything they possibly can. Now they want to decide who the Republican nominee for president will be. The Democrat Party is the party of profit. It's the party of Stalin. It doesn't believe that babies that are born should be protected after they're born, that it's a choice. This is a party that is out of control. Their DAs are out of control. Alvin Bragg should be disbarred. Rather than wringing our hands, let's take some action. The DA in Atlanta, she should be disbarred. The guy that's running the investigation in Washington, D.C., his family is loaded with Obama Democrats, Jack the Ripper Smith, his ass to be dragged in front of a committee of Congress, whether he likes it or not. And he should be subpoenaed, too. It's time for the Republican Party to understand that this is a war on the party. It is a war on conservatism and MAGA. It is an effort, an effort, to ensure that Donald Trump can never be president again. Look, he's the leading nominee right now in the polls. Have you ever heard of a local DA? bringing phony charges against a possible nominee of the opposite party, the only person this benefits, doesn't benefit justice, it benefits Joe Biden. That's it. Let me tell you that um, Mark Levin was not the only one really riled up this week. It's amazing how much these guys sound like me. Some of this stuff, I, I wake up in the morning and this is exactly what I talk about. This next clip is of Ned Ryan, founder and CEO of the American Majority. And he's talking exactly on this topic, and he's pretty intense about the whole thing. So put your seatbelt on. We're going to go through a very quick clip. Well, they're targeting a political opponent over policy differences. The un-American left is ushering in a new era of pure power politics. Uh, in which they've decided rule of law, equal application of it is dead. I I would argue we're really living an illusion of a constitutional republic than an actual reality of it. And now the the real rules of the game are 100% law as a weapon. And I think the real question I have is, are red state AGs and DAs prepared to wage this war of lawfare? And I don't want to hear any of them say, ooh, it's icky, we're better than that. If Whoever says that, I really believe doesn't know what time it is because we're in a Cold War, Civil War era in this country. Uh, in which we have to decide and commit to the policy of mutually assured destruction. 
Democrats are launching nukes at us. We better decide we're launching nukes back at them until they stop. And if we don't do it, if we don't understand, right now we have two sets of laws, a bifurcated legal system in which one side gets the entire legal system thrown at it, go to jail, and the other one gets to skate free. And if you don't fight it, and if you just accept it, we will slouch our way into a one-party state, one-party system, which ultimately ends up in authoritarianism. The stakes here, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how deep and how consequential the stakes are of what's taking place now. And I have to tell you, the greatest fear is that too many Americans, too many Republicans are asleep in the light and don't understand what's going on. And if they don't wake up and don't know what time it is, we will find ourselves on that path to one state party, one party state in authoritarian government. Supposedly the arraignment is this coming Tuesday, I think that's April 4, at 2.15 p.m. It's in the Manhattan District Court. And I think there's gonna be like 40,000 New York uh, City police there probably. Uh, they are on alert, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and the charges are all about this hush money. Supposedly there's 30 or 35 different counts. I don't know how they split all that up. I know we're running up next to the half hour here, and I want to get a couple more clips in, at least of Larry Elder. Since we're listening to all these clips, Larry Elder had a lot to say about this kangaroo circus. Bill Clinton was credibly accused of rape. No prosecution. Bill Clinton was credibly accused of assault by Paula Jones, said nothing was to it, paid $800,000 to settle a claim, no prosecution. Credibly accused of sexual battery by Kathleen Willey in the White House, no prosecution. Hillary, private server in the basement, clearly a violation of the Espionage Act, no prosecution. As has been pointed out, Hillary spends campaign funds for the phony DNC document, no Prosecution. Uh, fast forward, the Biden family, uh, everybody's getting money. Hunter's getting money. James is getting money. The, the former daughter-in-law is getting money. No prosecution. Alvin Bragg dropped the charges. Uh, the FEC voted four to one not to bring any charges. The DOJ didn't bring any charges. Now, all of a sudden, charges are being brought. Talk about a double standard. This is probably the most egregious thing I've ever seen in the history of our republic. This last clip is of Trump's attorney and Tucker Carlson. I guess the key question here, there's so much to sort out, but what do you believe the former president will be charged with? Well, um, he'll be charged with something he didn't do. We know that for a fact. Good answer. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. Are you worried about spike proteins and how they may impact your health? Are you looking for help? The Wellness Company has an answer in the form of our clean, pure, all-natural spike formula developed by experts like Dr. Peter McCullough. The Wellness Company's spike formula includes the incredible natokinase, dandelion root, black sativa extract, green tea, and iris sea moss. 
Even better, the spike formula by the wellness company is vegan, gluten-free, and made right here in the USA. So you know that you can trust and rely on it if you're concerned about spike proteins. Buying American-made naturalistic ingredients of this quality separately costs over $100. Our spike formula is only $65.99. Get spike formula today by going to twc.health. Outloud listeners use the code OUTLOUD at checkout for an additional discount. Go to twc.health, promo code OUTLOUD, and get peace of mind if you're concerned about spike proteins. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Now, while we were out on break, just for fun, I was looking up just a few famous quotes. You know, some witty turns of a phrase that shed some light on on a thorny conundrum. For instance, I've always found this piece of wisdom by Frederick Nietzsche uh, curious. It goes, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. I've had a lot of problems trying to understand this. The only thing I could come up with is a corollary, which goes, best be careful because that which does not kill us this time might just kill us the next time, and there's no growing stronger from being dead. I don't know, it's a little too wordy. Perhaps you remember this memorable scene in Chapter 12 of Lewis Carroll's classic fantasy of Alice in Wonderland. It's during the trial of the Knave of Hearts. The king said for about the 20th time that day, let the jury consider the verdict. This is when the mad queen of hearts decrees, no, no, sentence first, verdict afterwards. The idea of having sentence first, stuff and nonsense, says Alice loudly. 
Now, when Alice corrects the queen, the queen's face is purple with rage, and she acts out the edict she has just pronounced and brawls with all her might while shouting off with her head. Yeah, here's another niche one. Frederick, to live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. I don't know. To live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. That's an uplifting one, that's for sure. How about this one? If you're going through hell, keep going. Now, a lot that's been attributed to a lot of people, but supposedly Winston Churchill said that. Here's another one. No man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. Now, Abraham Lincoln said this, and he said it about Joe Biden. I'm pretty sure that's who he was thinking of when he said that. Uh, next one. In the end... We will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I think, I think Donald Trump should probably adopt that one. Strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will. Mahatma Gandhi, of course. We, the people, are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts. Not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. Again, Abraham Lincoln. And I think he was thinking about the progressives in the Democrat Party. I really do. When they're trying to add all these senators by putting Puerto Rico as a state and Washington, D.C. as a state, it's gotten to be just a little ridiculous. I do not think much of a man who is not wiser today than he was yesterday. Abraham Lincoln, again, we're talking Joe Biden. Who could argue that Joe Biden is wiser today than he was yesterday? I mean, it, well, I won't go into it. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half conservatives and half progressive idiots. That's my paraphrase of Abraham Lincoln. Be sure you put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. Now, that was Abe, and I agree. I didn't plan on talking about Donald Trump today, as I said. But mine is not to reason why mine is but to do or slyly combine the Trump crucifixion and transgender people reaching out to have their voices heard by executing three nine-year-olds, two teachers, along with a custodian, with assault rifles. Was that too insensitive? Eh, perhaps it was. But that's sort of what's gone on these last several days. I mean, you heard about what went down in Nashville, haven't you? It's not the Christians we're worried about. Of course, they're all going to heaven. It's the transgender people that we're really concerned about. That seems to be what the Joe Biden White House is all consumed with, and a good part of the woke population is all consumed with. And it's really quite curious because there's only about 1.9 million, as they estimate, about 1.9 million so-called transgender people. And that's quite a range of people. That's everybody from those who self-identify and say, I'm going to put some lipstick on today and address that I'm going to identify as a, 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 tra a transgender woman. I might be a man, I'm going to be a transgender woman. By the way, in this transgender business, it's women transgendering into men. It's almost 95, 96%. That's the direction it goes. Women becoming men. And that's what happened with this shooter in Nashville. She's a woman. 
and she was transitioning to be a man. Her name was Audrey, and she's changed her name to Aiden. Now, her transition has only been going on for about a year, so we're told, and it was out of the turmoil of a lot of emotional difficulty she was having, according to police reports. And I've got to tell you, all this is incredibly confusing because just this week, the Washington Post had a series of articles talking about a survey study that was done, retrospective study, where they talked to so many people who have transitioned and so many people who are just regular people, and they tried to match these people up and see how their lives were. And the study's conclusion, which is really quite amazing, is that three-quarters, 75% or more of the people who now identify and live as transgender individuals are satisfied. They're very satisfied with their transition, meaning only about 25% are less satisfied or weren't satisfied at all. And we don't know much about those. And we don't really know the, the cross tabs on some of these people, for instance, were the ones that went all the way, the ones that had mastectomies and hysterectomies and other kind of ectomies and went through all the hormones and everything else, were those the ones, those the ones who were most satisfied or were they the ones who fell off? Well, I've got to do a lot more reading in these studies. But the Washington Post had three articles and they drilled down on a lot of it. Just this week, you look up Washington Post, look up trans, uh, transgender. But it, it's really quite contrary to everybody else's study. Sweden has a 30-year study of this, and they don't have anything really good to say about the people that pursued this path. And I have to really say, this individual that took the lives of six people, six Christians at a Christian school and church, obviously was not very happy. Now, I'm not sure whether it was she wasn't happy with her transition to be a man, or whether she was just really PO'd at Christians or the schools she had supposedly had gone to in third and fourth grade. And the other head-scratcher is supposedly she was being counseled by the pastor of, of this particular church, this Presbyterian church. But there's no way she could have been happy, especially when you take a look at the notes she wrote to other social media friends just before she embarked on this awful, awful day. Well, to the best of my knowledge, and I've looked pretty extensively, this is the first time on a national basis where we've had people who are very anti-gun and they're anti these assault weapons, although no one can really seem to define what the tarnation assault weapon is. Somebody picks up a big stone and throws it at me. As far as I'm concerned, that was an assault weapon. But in but any event, anti-guns and pro-transgenderism. It's a very strange combination, especially when the person who is supposed to be very satisfied because they're supported, they're 28 years old. This person had obviously come some, to some decisions about her life that this is the direction she wanted to go, although she was living at home and somehow managed to hide seven guns within the house that her parents didn't know about, although they thought she had gotten rid of them, all except one which she had sold Boy, that's a lot of guns and ammunition to hide in a house. They could have had a very big house. I don't, I don't know. But in any event, uh, 
you know, the parents must have been out to lunch on this whole thing. Of course, it, it, I'm sure it was quite distressing uh, to have a daughter who's transitioning at 28 to be a man, and she's crazy about guns, which men are supposed to be crazy about. Maybe this was male toxicity that was the problem in this thing. But we don't know what kind of medication she were, she was on. In fact, we don't seem to know much about the medications that are being pumped in to a lot of people these days. We know that SSRIs, you know, antidepressants are way up in our young population. And a lot of other, you know, better, better living through chemistry is going on that uh, people close to their loved ones don't really seem to know much about. But in any event, uh, this woman walked out of the house with a bag. Her mother called out to her and said, uh, what do you have in a bag? And she just said, oh, no, no big thing. I got to drop something off. It happened to be three guns. And, of, and of course, uh, both of them, she had a couple of pistols in actuality because one of these guns broke down in, into a pistol. But, uh, yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible watching her walk through this building as if she you know, was in some kind of movie where she's looking around corners and and uh, making sure she's got all the things, like someone is going to pop out somewhere and throw a grenade at her or something. It's really very strange. And although the police got there in record time and they took her out, which was her intent, by the way, when you read the text messages she'd sent other people, she expected to die. She, this was one of those things she just somehow felt she had to go and do. And these people were picked out at random in this school. There didn't seem to be any design campaign, although we're still waiting to get our hands on a manifesto that she left in the other materials, which everyone's having a hard time figuring out why they don't want to release these, because it may reflect negatively on transgender people, is my guess. And the FBI, as directed through the Department of Injustice, has told them, let's, let's really airbrush this uh, uh, manifesto before we let it out because we don't want any really strange things coming out where people are afraid of transgender people because we're trying to promote that whole thing. I'm going to play you some clips of what's come out of the White House about transgenderism. You know, in, in under 17, there's only about 300,000 people who declare themselves as that. We don't know how much of this is social contagion. And I can't pack into this half hour all the things there is to be said about transgenderism and what's going on with with this very strange thing that seemed to come up. And, it, you know, it doesn't seem like when you look back at history, there's a long history of this in antiquity. We know there is of people being a homosexual. There's no doubt about that. Alexander the Great supposedly was bisexual. But... Uh, no, it, it, there's a new phenomena going on, and it's very scary. That there's no, there's no two ways about that. But in any event, on Monday in the in the afternoon, MSNBC, you know, they have that scroll on the bottom, that screen scroll, the flashing. I forget what they call it. There's some fancy name for it. And as it scrolls by and and and, and it's flashing, it says transgender shooting suspect sparks outrage on the right. So the, the right, the conservatives, the Republicans, the people of faith, you know, all, all those people, they're outraged because the shooter was transgender. I don't think that had anything to do with people's outrage. 
people are basically pissed off because because close family three nine-year-olds were killed and what who cares what, whether this person was a martian it this should this should have never happened it it it, it it's, so we're not going to you know we're, we're going to protect the transgender person cuz this is unfair to label all transgender people as shooters i couldn't agree more it, just, it would be ridiculous to categorize about that however the guns they use we can generalize and they they should be banned altogether there's something like i forget 32 million uh, ar15s in the country there's more than 400 million guns, 332 million people. But, you know, the Second Amendment is under attack just like the First Amendment. I want to come back to that. that. Those are the two amendments that the left is constantly attacking. There's no such thing as free speech or free thought. You express something that somebody doesn't like, you get censored. You get pulled off social media. You get shouted down. You get canceled by the culture that's being cultivated on the left. So the First Amendment no longer does what it was meant to do if these people have their way. And it's the same thing with the Second Amendment. And Joe Biden goes on this ridiculous stuff. You know, the Second Amendment never meant you could have tanks or cannons or submarines or F-16s or any of the things we're not sending to Ukraine. And the big question that's coming up, it's coming up in Congress, it's coming up in a number of other places, is whether we're going to call what happened a hate crime. Because the, the left really is into hate crimes. Because hate crimes are all about being black. If you're Jewish, not so much. And if you're Christian, not so much. But if you're black, and, you know, like in Buffalo, they killed those people. I think that eight of the ten were black. That's a hate crime. And it was. The guy basically said, I'm going after these people. I, I, I couldn't agree more that it's a hate crime. But had these victims been black Christian victims, well, being black would have qualified this massacre as a hate crime. But just murdering Christians carries no weight with the Biden administration. Now, here's a clip of Senator John Kennedy asking Meritless Garland if the Department of Injustice was going to process this tragedy as a hate crime. Do you plan on, on opening a hate crime investigation for the targeting of Christians? Um, FBI and ATF are both uh, on the scene working with the um, uh, local police. Uh, as of now, motive hasn't been identified. And If you notice, that was not a yes or a no. There's all these conditions, which basically means they haven't made a decision yet as to what they're going to call it, although on its face, it looks very much like a hate crime. Now, apparently, Senator Josh Hawley, he thinks this is a hate crime. Well, we need to call this what it is. When you target somebody based on their religious beliefs and their religious affiliation, it's a hate crime. Police in Nashville have said this school was targeted. It wasn't random. It wasn't happenstance. No, they were targeted. That is a federal hate crime. There should be a federal hate crime investigation. Federal government should make all of its resources available to Nashville police. We need to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. And to do that, Laura, we need to know how it happened now. We need to know the kind of hateful rhetoric that led to this. We need to know what the influences on this shooter were. And we need to be clear about the truth here. When you target Christians, you target religious believers, that's a hate crime. 
But as we approach the Easter weekend, you can always count on our healer-in-chief, Joe Biden, when it comes to saying comforting words to the nation about this repugnant and devastating, awful loss of innocent life. Now, on Monday afternoon of this morning shooting, Joe Biden came down from being upstairs at the White House to a room on the first floor where there's a women's forum taking place. His explicit purpose in showing up at this meeting was to say a few words about the Nashville shooting. Certainly, he wanted to convey his condolences and grief. Here's an audio clip of Joe's introduction and what he had to say about his heart-wrenching loss of life. Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. Folks, uh, welcome to the White House. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> and uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly within minutes to end the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, and uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reported we had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. And uh, one of the things you folks should, I know you do know, but you should focus on, you know, just like when in the military, when my son was in Iraq for a year, other places, you, so many members of the military coming back with post-traumatic stress after witnessing the violence and participating in it. Well, these children, these teachers, you should be, should be focusing on their mental health as well. And so I'm grateful anyway. Yes, without question, this was a ridiculously terrible, heart-wrenching tragedy. But you know, banning assault uh, weapons is it, not going to solve this problem. It is the most ridiculous thing that you keep lying about, Joe. For 10 years, there was a ban on assault weapons. The Department of Justice, the FBI, the ATF, everybody looked at that data and they concluded they noticed no difference between the before and after effect of having a pause. So that isn't really what the situation is. In fact, there are so few murders, although they're sensationalized by the press, and I understand that these are heart-wrenching situations. But you know, Joe... 
70,000 Americans under the age of 45 are dying every year of fentanyl, and you won't stop it. It keeps coming across the border. You want to make a difference? Make a difference there. It's going to have a far bigger impact than what's going on with your assault weapons banned. Additionally, why don't you get the teachers' unions to get off the backs of kids trying to talk them into transgenderism? Now, that would probably correct a lot of ills and evils that are going on. And by the way, this 28-year-old who walked into that school didn't have two AK-47s. You, you should check, Joe. They have been illegal in this country for decades now. They are truly automatic weapons. They are not semi-automatic weapons. So when you get up and you say this stupid stuff over and over, it drives a lot of us that know something about guns just absolutely crazy. You would have us believe that if we just got all the AK-47s that aren't legal and all the AR-15s that are legal taken away, we'd all be safe. You know, Chicago's got the strictest gun laws in the nation, probably the strictest gun laws on earth. And how many people get killed there every year, Joe? Would you be, would you be uh, willing just to go to Chicago without your Secret Service? Because there's so many gun laws there, nobody could possibly deal with, have any gun violence there. And Joe, I truly feel sorry for the fact that you've lost a son to cancer. I can understand that. I've had three major cancers in my life. I have sons. I can appreciate that. But would you just leave Bo out of these discussions? You know, you don't need to drag him in to every discussion we're having about anything. It doesn't always fit. I apologize, Joe, if that was just a little too rough, a little too insensitive. But, you know, you never blame the person. You always blame the gun. These people that are doing this are truly unstable people, truly unstable people. And that's what we need to look at. We need to look at instituting more red flag laws and getting people like those parents of this person and whoever that health professional was that was treating her for this last year to begin telling people the risks of these people that have access to guns. This has been the nexus of every one of these shootings. A person who is incredibly mentally unstable and they have access, legal access to guns. It has nothing to do with whether they legally obtained them. They could legally obtain them. They could legally own them. But when they go crazy at that moment, they should no longer legally possess those guns. I suggest focusing on this will be far more productive than collecting millions upon millions of guns and dearming the population, or more correctly said, disarming the population, is exactly where the progressives in your party want to go. And I don't want to be a citizen in Venezuela or Cuba or any of these other places like North Korea where I do not have the right to defend myself. You know how stupid the whole thing sounds where you're defunding the police? And I know you've come out with some marginal stuff about, you know, having more police to community, whatever. You still don't put enough people down on the border. That's our real concern. All these people that are on the watch list, now we're up to 240 people have come across. You know, during Trump's four years, there were fewer than 15 people on the watch list that came across. You want to keep us safe? You want to protect us? That's where you ought to be putting your focus, Joe. 
Let's listen to this last clip of the day of ABC reporting this story, and then I have a comment at the end. This morning, uh, the police confirming uh, six dead, three chiefs. That is Police Chief John Drake of Nashville, who is briefing reporters on the deadly grade school shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School there this morning. Uh, the police confirming uh, six dead, three children, one eight years old, two nine years old, and uh, three adults, including Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of the Covenant School. Uh, the police chief uh, also said uh, that the shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale, said she's a former student of the school, and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. I am glad, Joe, that Tennessee passed a law banning this gender-affirming nonsense for people who are unable to give informed consent. Those are children. Moreover, this perversion of having drag queens at children's reading hours and other events is... is What's next, Joe? You're going to be worshiping golden calves? Well, this hour has slipped away so fast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for blending me your ears. Please come back next week. There's so much more to cover. God bless you and take care.